Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's Podgo at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. And be sure to add our podcast in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. And always remember to take it easy. Hey, man. This is Rob Lee from Mastermind Team's Robcast, and you're checking out the Profile Pod with Andy. You're watching Profile Pod TV with Double A. And always remember to take it easy. Welcome to Profile Pod TV. I'm your host, Double A, here with the Social Nostra Network. Welcome back for another splendid episode of the podcast, man. Thank you so much for tuning in, wherever you're tuning in from. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening on the audio platforms, thank you so much for being here. Uh, we got a great show in store for you tonight. And by the way, we are on... Um, Pandora podcast now that's a big deal now so in partnership with social Nostra so if you're an aspiring guest and you want to come on profile pot TV and you want to get a high level of exposure um, you've come to the right place we are on Pandora so we're really excited about that and uh, we're, we're making big moves here as, as we move along so uh, we're, again um, hit me up on Instagram and uh, we'll work something out okay so tonight's show man we got a, a hip-hop artist extraordinaire okay um this gentleman hails from oxnard california but now residing in san diego california and i'm jealous man because i love san diego san diego is god's country it is a beautiful beautiful area it (laughs) is it's always beautiful there man it doesn't matter what part of the year it is winter time i don't even does winter exist in san diego (laughs) oh it's Um, snowing right now it's been snowing out here dog Exactly, exactly. It's been, it's, been, it's been snowing. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It, it, and, um, as you can see, we have our guest here. He's ready. He's chomping at the bit all ready to go. He's, he just released <laughs> his album five months ago. Um, it, it's called uh, Act Two, and it's his debut album. He is, oh, it's, uh, it's not my, deb- it's not oh, my debut album. Okay. It's my, not- that's my 10th t- album, but thank you. Okay. Uh, and... Uh, Okay, and so yeah, there. Thank you for clarifying that, my man. Yeah, and it's available on all streaming platforms now. He has his own podcast. He's the host of the MD podcast. He's done some acting, and he's done so much more. And he's here to talk all about it, man. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome for the first time on Profile Pot TV, Mr. Marlon D. What's up, Marlon? Yo, what's up, man? What up, Double A? Oh man, what's up, man? Hey, thank you so much for being here. And I'm so excited, man. There's so much to talk about with you, man, because I've been watching uh, all your stuff. Um, there's so much content to go through, man. I can't get to all of it, man. Uh, how's your day been, man, out there, down there in the snow in San Diego? <laughs> I'm trying to stay safe and trying to stay alive, bro. That's all we're trying to do in San Diego, man. Trying to stay alive, trying to stay safe, trying to stay working, bro. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, man, it's a, I feel so sorry for you, but living down there, man. Gosh. 
you know it's rough down those win those winters are rough man it's like it's like wisconsin down there man i love san diego by the way shout out to all my folks in sd tuning in you know oh yeah no doubt man no doubt man so you you, you grew up in oxnard right how, how long were you there in oxnard so I, I was born in the philippines but i didn't come to oxnard until i was 10 years old um i came in i came to the country in 1995 so you know i grew up there but i went to college in cal state fullerton so I moved out when I was 18, went straight to college, Cal State Fullerton, spent five years in Orange County. When I graduated, moved back to Oxnard for one year. And then in 2010, I ended up moving to San Diego, you know? Okay. Oh, wow. I, so 1995, you came to the country, man. Yeah. From the Philippines. Uh, okay. Yeah, awesome, man. Awesome. What, what, uh, so you moved to Oxnard, you came straight to Oxnard from, from San, uh, the Philippines? Yes, straight to the Ox, yeah. Mm, okay yeah awesome man so man I, I really let's get into the hip-hop stuff and we'll get back to you know your 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 earlier years man your your formative years i really want to talk about hip-hop with you man because i'm a big right. hip-hop head brother i grew up oh, yeah? listening to hip-hop man oh yeah I, I love all genres of music but i love love hip-hop man i grew up in the 80s bro i was a kid in the 80s you know beastie boys Ala cool j grandmaster flash uh, public enemy uh you know you all those guys man so for me uh, and then into the '90s, you know, I just watched hip hop evolve, and I'm a fan of hip hop. Um, how did you get into to hip hop, man? How did you start um, rhyming? So my cousins. So when I came to the U.S. in 1995, my cousins were DJs. So my cousins de definitely introduced me to the to the records, you know, like, and of course, you know. Growing up in Oxnard, California, there was two hip hop stations that we can listen to. It's Q1047, and we can still listen to um, Power 106 growing up. Mm -hmm. So, you know, MTV, BET, Source, The Source Magazine, 1995. I'm fresh from the Philippines, you know what I'm saying? So I'm kind of culture shocked too in the US, but like I've been hearing hip hop in, in the Philippines, like Tone Loke, Vanilla Ice, Crisscross, House of Pain. Like they were playing down in the Philippines growing up, but till it wasn't until um, I came to the U.S. when I when I got introduced to my cousins and they really showed me the culture. And you know, my moms couldn't really afford the turntables, so I had to rely on my imagination to like to like. I had at first I started out like mimicking my favorite rappers like Snoop, the Brat, Corrupt from the Dog Pound, you know. Um, I started just mimicking them and just, I started to like copy what they're saying first, like memorizing their songs. And then I would say around fourth grade, fifth grade, I'd be attempting to write my own, but copying their style though. So it's like, it started off with me copying my, my, my idol styles. But as I got into high school, you know, still getting into like raucous records, most deaf, talent quality, dilated. Like, I feel like my elementary years were spent on like idolizing everything that Death Girl Records did, you know? But like sixth, seventh, eighth grade, I started getting into like the other side of things like Wu Tang, Tribe, Radman, Method Man, uh, you know, like Buster, you know, like everything, dog. I'm, yeah. from, I'm 30, I'm 36. I'm from the 90s, man. So, Anything you can think of, I was on that shit, dog. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, no doubt, man. It, it, so you came in, like, I mean, you moved here literally uh, at the height. I mean, uh, the arguably peak. the height and the peak of, I mean, you, had, nah. like you said, 
uh, P, you know, Tupac, Wu Tang, uh, you know, Snoop, uh, Biggie, Biggie, Jay Z, Nas, Eminem, Dog Pound, like the Dog Pound. I don't, I don't even think people understand like the influence of corrupt. Man, I can't even. I'm a student of the game, dog. I'm a fan first. Forget all this rap shit, man. I, I'm uh -huh. a fan first, dog. Always gonna be a fan first. Yeah. Oh, speaking of corrupt, uh, just a little side note there. I was uh, watching something on. Um, I forget what podcast it was in. It was I, I, I was scrolling through and I, I was on IG and he was on with um, uh, Daz and, and mm. uh, there were there were guests on somebody else's podcast uh, and they were talking about versus you know the you know the the, the show versus where they you know, they compete yeah quote, they want to go against go yeah, against they, the man. right yo you saw that okay but yeah they were calling out uh, who was it Method Man and uh, who Red was it. Red, Red and Math. Red and Math, yeah. Red and Math, yeah. you know. I want yeah, to see those... that, man. I think it's going to be a good one, man. Yeah, no doubt, man. Those, yeah, Corrupt and Daz, man, the Dog Pan, those guys are super underrated. underrated legendary, man. man. Like, there's no Snoop or Death Row without them, too. Like, I opened for the Dog Pound once in 2016 in San Diego, and that was one of the highlights, too, of my career, man. To Unbelievable. To see Corrupt and Daz up front, man. I was like, oh, my God, the Dog dog food that mm. raised me like that album raised me dog dog food yeah. no no doubt man you know and immediately i was like man i gotta go I'm gonna, i wanted to go on youtube and just bring up dog dog food that the album and go check it out but i was a sidetrack but anyways man but so you so the 90s were very influential for you and as far as hip-hop um so when did you actually start you know did you start writing first did you start yeah. um just emceeing, freestyling. Tell us a little bit about that. I'm gonna be honest, man. I've been writing rhymes since I was 10 years old, you know. But like, as far as like saying it out loud in front of people, I didn't start doing it until freshman year in high school. I was in the hip hop group in high school called Salty Peanuts. It was me. <laughs> it was me and four of my homies back in high school, and um, I started with them like throughout the whole high school, all the way to like my freshman year of college. I was in. The, I was in the group. And like, um, started freestyling, battling at lunchtime, or even performing at the high school rallies, performing at the church events or backyard parties all across Oxnard, just like grabbing the mic and freestyling any chance I can in high school, or freestyling in high school lunchtime, lunch rallies, you know, just any, anytime I can get the mic, I try to do it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, just no doubt. Young, just a young kid, though, you know, just... Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, no. It, it, so, were you kind of um, experimenting with your style at first, or did you know like what kind of MC you wanted to be become right off the bat, man? What yeah. were you shy as well? Were you kind of bashful? Or tell, tell us about those initial stages, man. Were you confident right off the bat? You know, shit. I'm still trying to find my style now at 36. Now, I'm just kidding. <laughs> nah, but it's a real talk though. Like at 36, I'm still experimenting with different styles. So I think like. When I was in my high school years, it was just formative years of like listening to Nas, Eminem, you know, like just listening to that shit, just being influenced by them was like such a big deal. But I felt like as the years went on, I started making my solo albums and solo mixtapes. Um, I started like just defining my own style, not just my style of how I rap, but what I rap about, you know what I'm saying? like. Yeah, I just started, you know, 
the more the more years you put behind this, you're gonna find your voice. But you have to keep doing it. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. can't stop. You can't do it every once every three four years. It doesn't work like that. You have to like it's it's nonstop. You have to keep doing it. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like if you stop, you're gonna fall off. And if you fall off, you gotta do a lot to get back up there again. You know? Absolutely, man. So consistency is the key, right? Yeah. Consistency, yeah. I think in I think in any form of art, man, you know, that's it's, it's so true in the podcast game as well, man. You you know, you're a podcaster, you know. Uh, you know, if you if you don't do a podcast for two, three weeks, man, <laughs> you get left behind. People forget about you and, and all that. But so yeah, that so I think uh, that, that that's important, man, right? That's always yeah. the consistency. Um, so when did you really start to, um, you know, get a grasp on, on, on what you wanted to do as, as an MC, man? When did it really start to click for you? Well, my first album came out in 2006. I was a third year in college, Cal State Fullerton. Um, I'm not saying, well, I'm not sure what clicked, but I definitely, that was my first attempt in, in dropping solo albums. And ever since every year, since 2006, man, if I didn't drop an album, I dropped a mixtape. So, um, I don't know. It's still, it's still clicking. I'm still learning about myself as an artist, bro. This, this industry is constantly changing. So it's, I'm, I'm constantly trying to adapt, bro. It's, it's not done. You know what I'm saying? Like I've done some work, but I'm not done. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You feel like you're still. Uh, like you said, you're still learning. You're still honing your craft. It's a never-ending process, I think, right? Act uh, two is my tenth album, man. That's album number ten. Gosh, not man. not counting not counting the mixtapes. That's not even counting the mixtapes. That's just the albums. You know what I'm saying? And um, so I was 36 when that came out, August 2020. It meant a lot to me to finish it and release it during the pandemic. And um, I dropped the mixtape every two months for the pandemic. Ever since the pandemic started, I dropped the mixtape every two months and the album. You know what I'm saying? So, wow. so I tried were... to really, you know, keep it moving for 2020. You know, <clears throat> no doubt, no doubt, man. Yeah, they, you were. So you were in the studio a lot. I imagine. I was, man. I spent a lot of time in the lab. Got about a hundred songs done. The best 20. That's what made Act Two. And the other 80, I scattered it around in different projects for 2020. Mm-hmm. And that was my way of like practicing to get back on it again. It's like it's like getting back on the bicycle, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. if you haven't you haven't rode it in a while, you gotta get back on that shit. Cause like I would say my ninth album came out in 2017. At around 2018, May 2018, I just got sick of the industry and I just started pursuing acting. So I did theater, I did some indie films, short films, but the whole time I was doing films and the whole time I was doing theater. I was going straight to the studio, you know? I just took a break from doing shows, but as far as the studio, I never stopped going, so. Um, I'm, we'll just get into a, I'm just a workaholic, man. Just, I'm just a workaholic. Yeah, we'll get into your acting stuff in a little bit, man. And But yeah, I want to talk about uh, Act Two, your, your 10th yeah. album, right? What, um, so you, you dropped the album in, was it August or October? August 2020. I dropped it on the day of my birthday, August 6th. Oh, <laughs> okay. okay. I, turned thir- I, I turned 36 the day I dropped it. Yeah. Awesome, man. Awesome. That, that was pretty cool, man. And was that coincidence or that was no, purposely? I, I, I wanted to do it like that. I just wanted to, I wanted to complete something before I turned 36. I just meant a lot to me to just finish it during 2022. It was, I'm proud of that moment, man. 
Yeah, no doubt, man. No doubt. Yeah, Act Two, man. It's uh, it's got 20 tracks on there, available now on all the streaming platforms. Um, yeah, let's talk about Act Two, man. What? Why did you name it Act Two? What's the significance behind the title? Yeah, man. It's just number ten, album number ten. It just meant a lot to me. I felt like it's a beginning of a new era, next chapter in my my life as an artist. Um, and I was doing acting, so I think the whole theater metaphorical analogies kind of worked out too. And um, um, Act Two, I also felt like mankind and American society is turning to a different point. It's a turning, we're we're turning a different corner this this year. And uh, I and I think 2020 shaped the U.S. and the albums dedicated to um, dedicated to what Americans are going through, what I'm going through politically, spiritually, um, and what we're going through, man, like, I could say so much more about the album, but I, I hope people interpret it the way they interpret it, you know, like, I I try to be as honest as much as I can, you know what I mean? Yeah, no doubt, man, no doubt. The, 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 and that's, I think, you released the single, uh, Change is Gonna Come, Yeah. right? So now you, as I hear you describe the album, man, it, it, now I see that, that the song has more, um, it makes more sense to me why, why you named it, you know, Change is Gonna Come, why you released it uh, as the, the, uh-huh. the debut single from the album, right? Yeah. Because a, ch- a change is gonna come, you're right, man. And so let's talk about changes, let's talk about this single, man. Uh, you shot the video, it's on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And and by the way, I love that video, man. Where where did you guys shoot that um, that scene where where there's all got you got all the hubcaps behind you, all the rims uh, stacked on top of each other? I love that in, scene, man. Thank you. We shot that in Escondido. Shouts to Ricardo Romero and Jonathan Medell helping me direct and co-direct, and just helping us helping me out, helping me out with the visuals, man. Thank you guys. Yeah, 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 I posted that video clip uh, on my page, and it got a lot of a great, great response, man. Who uh, else? Almost 200 views there. And, uh, that's, uh, that's awesome. Thanks, man. guys. Everybody tuning in. I love y'all. Thank you. Seriously. means a lot, man. Yeah, no doubt. Got a lot of comments and stuff, man. A lot of good feedback. But yeah, I'm sure you're used to that already, brother. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. It's humbling. It's humbling every time uh, someone shows love, man. It really is, man. I, I feel you. No, it's uh, when someone uh, appreciates your art, man. It's it, it really means a lot, man. And it's, humbling. it's humbling. No doubt, no doubt, man. Yeah, and you said it was directed by Ricardo Romero. Shout out, and um, who um, who produced uh, uh, the song? So it was pro- co-produced by me and my homie Hash Beats. Um, Hash Beats and I, we pretty much did about nine songs out of the twenty. And the other okay. joints was produced by the other songs from the album was produced by Ambush Sequence, DJ Space, Clutch from Oxnard, and I don't want to miss names, but you know Savage on the Beats. Uh, I just don't want to miss names, you know. But <laughs> it's 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 a collective of just a, a tight knit, like just. I keep my production team nice and small, but everybody's really bringing it, man. Like. I don't need a whole lot of production team behind me. Just, just a few cats, man. Just a few cats. You know what I'm saying? Like, and they've been lacing me for years, bro. They've been lacing me for years. Like, no, you know no. Th- when I hear your album, Marlon, I, I think, uh, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm a big hip hop fan, man. I, I love the beats. I love the production. I love the lyrics. I love everything about it, man. And, uh, yeah, it just, it's a really well, well done album, man. Um, I think if we were in the, the 
in the CD days, it would have been a, probably yeah. a double CD, right? <laughs> double CD release. Yeah, 20 joints, you know? A lot mm -hmm. of people tell me, a lot of people tell me like, yo, 20 songs too much, people got ADHD, don't put out too much. But I disagree with that, man. I feel like us independent, us indie artists, we got to put out more, man. We got more to prove. We got more to feed out there. We got, we just got more to prove. We, we need to give them a lot because there's a lot to prove. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Yeah, no doubt, man. Hey, give, give them a variety. Give them a variety, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes I feel like when people say, no, nah, you just need to drop 12 songs or 11 songs, I also feel like it's a sign of your laziness. You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe you just <laughs> want to drop, the, I don't know, that's just me. Like, maybe you just want to keep dropping 11 songs because that's all you can make. You can only make 11 songs. But I feel like if you have a lot more to say than 11 songs, then fucking make that shit, man. Like, like, if you got a lot more to say, keep making songs. And that's your album. If you feel like 11 songs gets it across, then 11 songs it is. But if you got more to say, man, anybody out there doing this, yo, young MCs, listen to me. Don't listen to anybody saying you got to drop 10 songs. They're lying. Listen to your heart. If you feel like you got to drop 25, drop that shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> No, you're done. Hey, it's it's your album. It's your your you're the creator of the of your album of your art, and like you said, man, you do what's in your heart. Do what you need to do to convey your message and how you see fit, right, Marlon? Yeah, man. You got you got to do what's in your heart, yo. No doubt, man. No doubt. So so with Act Two, man, how do, how long did it take to produce the album, man, from beginning to end? I I was starting to record in 2019, like around the time. I can't pinpoint when Nipsey Hussle died, but around the time Nipsey Hussle died, that's when I started, you know? And I finished it around, I would say I finished the album around June, June 2020. And from June to August, I just I just planned my marketing promo rollout and it came out on uh, August 6th. Yeah, man. Okay. So, so a little about, uh, give or take a year, a few, uh, maybe, you know, give um, or take a few months. Yeah, I don't know when Nipsey Hussle died, but whenever yeah. he died, like that weekend, I was just there was something about Nipsey Hussle's death that like I don't know, man. It just woke me up. Like it just woke me up, bro. It's too short. Was was that the inspiration for this album? Is that was that what just sparked you? Not just Nipsey Hussle's death. Um, I had a couple mm. of close homies. I had a close couple homebo homeboys in San Diego that died and a couple family members that was dying throughout the years and you know a lot of people are still dying now so when you listen to the album i talk about i talk about death a lot um not on the suicide tip but i just talk about death i talk about legacy because i feel like mm. at the end of the day dude when you die if i die people all, all people got is bad memories or good memories and there's no gonna doubt. be both. We're gonna there's gonna be both. There's gonna be bad memories of us and good memories, and we gotta even it out a little bit and make it more good, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I was about, I was about to say I, I would like to make it more good, man. More than any, obviously, you know. Time yeah. is limited, so you know. Yeah, no doubt, Marlon, no doubt. So man, uh with so with act two, uh, the um what what are what are some of the what are some of the great uh What's the greatest compliment you've received thus far, as far as the, you know, from about Act Two, man? A lot of people really like Track One when um, the album starts out with me, the therapy session. Um, a lot of I was surprised how many people was really touched. Like, 
a lot of the homies hit me up about that. And I think, I think it spoke to people because I think mental health and sanity means more than ever in 2021. And Mm -hmm. we got to take care of our sanity and we got to take care of mental health. To me, man, it's more important than money. You know what I'm saying? No doubt. It's more important than like prestige or status or what job you got or, you know, like all we got is your mental health, bro. Yeah, no doubt, man. It's a, I mean, if you don't have mental health and, uh, I think uh, everything it just trickles down from there. You know, it's going to affect and spill over into every area of your life and affect you negatively, man. Probably you know, exactly more, adversely. And uh, yeah, I, I think mental wellness, like you said, mental health, more than ever. I I took a conscientious effort in in, in focusing on my own mental wellness and and doing things, you know, like meditation and and. Um, you know, affirmations and, and positive thinking and just, you know, really, really taking initiative and um, hitting it hard, you know, harder than ever in my whole life, man. You know, I'm 44 years old and, uh, man, am I 44? Yeah. <laughs> you start getting up there, you start like, like I, yeah, yeah, second guessing yourself. Uh, but yeah, more now more than ever, man. Yeah, it's I really took initiative and um, took action, took action on because with, with my, personally, my, uh, you know, I've always kind of battled with, with, um, you know, negative thoughts and, and negative self-talk and stuff like that. Uh, but anyways, but, but yeah, man, you're right, Marlon, you're right now more than ever. Um, it, that's an important thing, but it's, it's, uh, interesting to see that you're that first track and that, it's the opening track. That's the opening song. Yeah. When people listen to the opening song, the opening track, it starts out with me in a therapy session with a therapist and, um, when you listen to it, it, it just, I think, I think it touched a nerve. It, it struck a nerve with people, you know, and, and that's my goal, man. Like, I just want to speak the truth, my truth, what really happens to me, what has happened to me, what I've seen, and hopefully people connect, you know, and um, I can't make everybody like my music, but I'm only focusing on those who do, you know, so no I dedicate all my albums to those who do, you know. Of course, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're not going to please everybody, right? I think... Um, I can't, man. I tried um, doing that. It's impossible, man. No I doubt. Exactly. So I'm only here for those who fuck with me, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely, man. So I like um, Sunny Days, man. That tra- that's a good uh, track, man. You, man. No thank doubt, you. man. And, and talk to, talk about the, the Boom Boom Room. Uh, kind of clarify <laughs> that. Because, you know, the title of that song for me, you know uh evokes a certain thing you know and clarify what's that song all about man i'm a big fan of eddie murphy and martin lawrence and back in the day they had a movie called life and yeah. remember when you were watching that movie they had an imaginary club called the boom boom like eddie murphy was oh. making up this this imaginary club in his head called the boom boom room <laughs> and when i heard the beat it, it's a miles davis sample and um it just sounds like something from the 50s, from the 40s, 50s, like that swing, you know? And um, I thought about that scenery in, um, in Eddie Murphy's film, like, I just called it the boom, 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 because, like, it had that jazz vibe. Yeah, yeah. Love that, love that. You know what I'm saying? Like, Very cool, man. Every yeah, now and then we got to have Yeah, yeah, thank you, thank you. That was produced by Ambush Sequence from Seattle. Um, somebody from Seattle helped him produce like five of these songs from the album. So 
I'm just grateful for the help that I get from people, man. Absolutely. You said ambush sequence? Yes, yes. Shouts, to, Am shouts to ambush sequence. He's somebody that I met on tour while I was on the road in Arizona. And uh, we've been building since for the past six, seven years. He's been producing for the last two, three albums. And um, yeah, man, like that, those longtime connections, I still I still got it. And I'm, I'm just thankful, bro, that I'm still here alive making music, man. You know? Yeah, no doubt, man. It, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing, man, making music. I, you know, I always say, um, I mean, I love music. I come from a musical family, Marlon. Uh, I only played an instrument. You know, I played the trombone for a couple of years. But yeah, it, in fifth and sixth grade, and I always regret uh, quitting. But uh, you know, I, I grew up as a playing ball. You know, I was an athlete growing up, man. So you know, either you're gonna be an athlete or you're gonna be something else. You know, a scholar or you're gonna be an artist. Uh, so I, you know, I was the athlete. But but uh, yeah, it, it, do you play any instruments? I do not. I do not play any instruments, man. Um, but I did. I can beatbox a little bit. Um, but I was really hands-on with the production for this album. Um, I picked out the samples myself. I told the homies to flip it my way. But when, when it came to me and Hash, we were in the studio in South SD. You know, We were the ones banging it out. I, I got a chance to like program some of the drums and really pick out the type of snares and kicks I want and where the loop ends, where the loop starts. And I had more say in like, the production, just how, how the... You know, I just... I was really hands-on with the production. And that's the first, you know? I mean, I mean, it's my 10th album, so I'm always used to, like, picking my own beats. So yeah. I have control in that sense, but I got a little bit more... Um, I got a little bit more... I'm a perfectionist, bro. Like, I just wanted to be perfect. <laughs> no, no, you gotta be, man. I think you have to be. And, you know, it's interesting, even when you're a perfectionist, even after everything's done, right? You always look back and you, you listen to it or you want whatever it is. If you're making a, a CD, um, you know, if you're producing an album, if you're making a movie, or if you're doing a podcast, you always find, you know, nothing, it is, it's never good enough, right? It's never good enough. The finished product, you, you always look back at it and you say, man, I could have done that differently. Or why didn't I do it this like that or whatever? And um, it's a good thing. You know, are you, do just, you come across that? Yeah, I'm all, bro, bro. Since day one, I'm still like that now. And I just think it shows that you care. I think that means you care about what you put out. And I, I love paying attention to detail. I mean, you got to pay attention to detail. And that's what makes a classic album. You know, you got to pay attention to detail, man. Like, yes, I don't give a fuck how, many, how long it's going to take for us to get the mix right. If the mix is not ready, if the mix is not done, I'm not putting it out. You know what I'm saying? Like, it has to sound perfect in my ears until we put it out, before we put it out. And um, all my engineers know that they get into arguments with me, but it's only because I want I want the perfect album, you know? But, but even with that being said, bro, maybe I'll never get it perfect, but that's the key of life. Like, I don't think I'll ever make the perfect album, but the thing is, I keep trying, you know? Like, like I keep trying to figure it out, you know what I'm saying? What makes the perfect album. I'm gonna get there, though, you know what I mean? I, I think you're, I mean, man. I'm gonna get there. I think Act Two is, I love Act Two, by the way. No doubt, no, no, that's... Go ahead. I don't wanna be too hard on myself. I felt like Act Two is... 
I like it. I love you're it. Pro- you're proud of it, man. <laughs> what are you most uh, bless you, man? Bless. Thank you. What are you most proud about uh, Act Two, man? I really love the production, man. From top one to top twenty, and a lot of people say like, "That's too much songs." I'm like, "No, it's not," because every time I listen to it, I feel like each song meant something, and um, I don't hear it now. Maybe I I sound a little biased as me, but I don't hear any f- album fillers. I feel uh, like each song can easily be the first single, and that's oh, the goal. I see. And that's the goal, you know? I just want each song to be is, easily can be pushed as the first single. And that's my goal, you know what I mean? Absolutely, man. No, that's great. You could you could release 20 singles, huh? I want to, you know, that's the goal, you know? And I'm not trying to be, like, sounding popular, man, but um, it's like, as I grow older, man, like, I know what I'm capable of, and... I know my worth, man. I'm an underground MC. I never got that mainstream success yet, but I feel like the groundwork that I've built and the foundation for me being in the underground, I feel like, how do I say this, man? Like, there's no shortcuts to this. If you did take a shortcut, it's going to show. But if you took, if, if you... If you blew up and you took shortcuts, it's gonna show. You blew up. Don't get me wrong. You have million. You have millions, and you're, you're out, and you're famous, famous. But it's gonna show if you took shortcuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I... if you if you didn't take a shortcut and you really built this brick by brick, step by step, guess what, fool? It's also gonna show. Yeah. It shows. Solid. It shows who's seasoned, and it shows who's not. <laughs> Definitely, man. Definitely, you know. Yeah, if you, you like you said, if you build it b- brick by brick, you're gonna build a solid foundation, and it's like you said, it's gonna show. It's, it's gonna, gonna show. You know uh, whether or not you, yeah, you hit it on the head. You summed it up, man. You take shortcuts, it's gonna show. And for MCs, better, man, for better or worse. To all my MCs out there listening, man, it's good to be confident in yourself when it's time to show it. You know what I'm saying? When it's time to show and prove. When it's time to show and prove. That's when that's when you show and prove, man. You know, yeah. when it's not time to show and prove, just shut the fuck up. <laughs> but, but but when it is time to show and prove, you gotta deliver. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely, you know. Uh huh. No doubt. No doubt, Marlon. So, what's the most enjoyable part for you, Marlon, as an MC, man? What do you love so much about? you know, rhyming and being an MC in the hip-hop game? I've been doing it. I've been dropping albums nonstop and just doing shows nonstop since I was 21. And I'm 36 now, you know, for damn near 15 years. So yeah. I've been fortunate enough and be privileged to open up for some of the greatest underground legends and even mainstream legends that I was a fan of, man. Like, I got a chance to open up for Groove from Gangstar, bro, before he died. Oh, wow. And, um... When was this? Uh, my first Let's talk album, about it a little bit. 06, 2006, when my first album came out, I gave him a copy of my first album. You know what I'm saying? Um, wow. How did I, you meet him? Uh, I opened up for him in Normandy Casino, and he was backstage with a bunch of girls, you know, just... Um, we just, we talked, we spoke. I said, Hey, my name's Marlon, Marlon D. I opened up for you, Guru. I'm a, I'm a big fan. And he goes, Oh, good looking out, good looking out. And then I go, Yo, my first album just came out. I want to give it to you. Oh, thank you. He, he grabbed it, put it in his pocket. And then just a bunch of girls was just around him. So I, 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 
I fell back, you know, like I, I did my piece, dapped him up, and I fell back, you know? Yeah, yeah. Normandy Casino down in um, uh, Gardena, right? Yeah, man. I opened for fucking Guru. Very cool, man. And Very Sean cool. Price. I've opened it for Dilated Peoples, Slum Village, Pete Rock, Scarface, Devin the Dude, The Dog Pound. Man, I can go on and on, bro. I can go The Alcoholics, The Visionaries, Brother. Wow. Every man, like, Keith Murray, uh, Alzai, Scott, like, just okay. a lot, man. A lot. Yeah, of, like, impressive list, man. Master Ace. AG from AG and Showbiz. I've opened up for Rap and Forte. Yeah. <laughs> can keep, can keep going. I've opened up for um, Fat Lib from the Far Side. Uh -huh. um, I opened up for um, Below uh, Styles of Beyond. Just unbelievable, man. That's pretty cool. Thank you, man. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a great list, man. I think. Uh, Bro, and, I opened up for Scarface. Wow, yeah. yeah dog, I opened big. up for Scarface, dog. What? Yeah. Scarface? Talk to us about that that experience. Where, where was that one at? It was at La Luz Ultra Lounge in Chula Vista um, back in maybe 2016, 2016, something like that. Not too long ago then. Uh, Devin the Dude. I opened for Devin the Dude twice. Um, uh -huh. Yeah. I opened for all members of Dilated Peoples, but not Dilated the group, but all three members as a solo, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, wow, man. Very cool. So, yeah, but I, that's one aspect. And the other aspect I like is, like, you know, I just love hip-hop, and it makes me happy, and I love making music. There's a lot of bullshit in the music industry. I hate that part, but... The actual act of recording, performing, and writing music, I love that part. But the business, the bullshit, the shadiness, the cutthroats, people, you know, I don't even want to get into that right now, bro. No, that's, I that's, a, that's a different topic. That's a different uh, episode. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> no, no doubt, man. It's it, When you get down to the art, you know, the art form part of it, man, and it's a beautiful thing, yeah. Yeah, it really is, man. And hip-hop is huge all over the world. I mean, you go to every country. I mean, in every country, man, there's a rapper. You know, there's people are rapping in, in Eastern Europe, you know. People are rapping <laughs> in, in Africa, you know. It's it's crazy, man. It's, it's becoming crazy. worldwide. It's worldwide, man. It really is. The culture is unbelievable, man. From where it's, you know, from where it's come and... and um, what it's become now, it's just it's so, uh, yeah, you can't even describe it, man. You know, it's it's really, but it's awesome to see that, you know, you see someone rapping in, like, for example, uh, in, in French, right? Or, um, gosh, in, in uh, you know, in, in Serbia, you know, there's P Serbian rappers, you know, it's it's super cool, man, to see that stuff, man. Yeah. Know if, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, hey, hey, man, it, what, what are, what are some, uh, some goals. I mean, what, what's the next step for you as an MC, man? So right now, um, you know, they canceled all the shows for 2020 and 2021. So after the album was done, I found time to start my own podcast. My podcast is called MD Podcast. And of course, it's hip hop commentary. Of course, you know, I'm, of course, I'm interviewing rappers, producers, artists, 
like everybody creative, you know, anybody creative that's doing their thing consistent, I interview them. But I also reserve the spot for my mental health advocates, you know, those who are working with kids with autism, those in the social work field, mental health field, Reiki healing, psychotherapists, you know, teachers. I'm also interviewing them for the podcast because I feel like America is going through a change and transition and you know, yeah. it's, it's, a diff- it's a different country now. And I feel like if there's any year to tell a story, I feel like this is it. And um, as far as the music, I got an album coming out with Joey Dixon. Um, actually, it's an EP. Um, it should be out by springtime of 2021. Uh, all beats produced by him, except one joint produced by my homie, Willie Guts. And I want to spend 2021 creating and... I want to drop one project, which is the, my, my album with Joey Dixon called 13th and Broadway. But for 2022, uh, that will be the release of my 11th solo album. But Ooh. I'm spending, yeah, but I'm spending the whole 2021 making that, you know? So I'm not in the rush. My album barely came out five months ago. I'm not in the real rush. I gotta, I gotta take my time and make it, make it my, if it has to top act two. If it's not top, if it's not topping Act Two, I'm not putting it out. So, I have to top, I have to top the last album. You know. Wow, man, you got to ante up now, bro, because that's a that's a tall task. You know, Act Two is pretty impressive. So, thank you, bro. Thank you. I appreciate that. Of course, man. No, of course, and and wow, that's that's quite quite a task, but you got your work cut out for you, bro. But you know, hey, man, you set the bar high. You got to sit, like you said, you're a perfect, you're a perfectionist. And if you weren't trying to better yourself, uh, then w- what's the point, right? I think production-wise, it's definitely going to be a challenge to, um, and maybe, let me rephrase it, maybe not necessarily top it, but definitely it can sound the same like Act 2. That's for sure. It has to sound different from Act 2. Um, and concept-wise, I think I got to rap about something different. And it can't be the same shit as Act Two, but in order for me to do that, bro, like I gotta live life a little bit. Gotta live life a little bit. Life has to happen, so I got new things to write and rap about. And um, yeah, man, no doubt. I gotta just live a little bit, bro. You got to, bro. You're only human, man. We're only human. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get there, though. For sure, we all are, man. Hey, Marlon, man. I'm right now at this time. I'd like to. Um, I know we I know we kind of talked about doing it at the end, but I think I, I I'd like to have you spit some bars, show some showcase some of those uh, skills, right here. Um, uh, if you want to freestyle, if you want to uh, do a little something, yo, stage is Mr. yours. Mr. Officer, we add order. I can give a fuck about the next drum supporter. Often coughing, smoke, looking slumping, awkward, any beat that is awkward. It's about to get slaughtered. Rock this record's the air from the way we was brought up, caught up in this hip hop shit. We slayed these sponsors, paved the way for a blazing trail. I hate these sponsors. I still got a message for your sons and daughters. Oh, wait a minute, please stop. The press has dropped the knowledge and cast it. The cops are going to test this. And he's coming back. All you rap contestants better scratch a couple laps, yo. I'm just flexing on the beat like high 97 is crazy. Everybody wants to act like fuck you, pay me. The game stays shady. What else is you? I'm just fucking with you because I got nothing to do. I'm an off night setting it off right. Bust the game wide open like exhaust pipes. The man in the myth on the mic. I'm the raw type. Rocking with the crowd, all black or all white. Against all races, gotta fuck with my kin folks. Deliver every bar like and making a sick joke my whole fucking life's up and down the bin broke sleeping on the cash got paid the shit's dope 
the way you manifested all my dreams, they still hate to give me dash and hugs, but the love is still fake. It's all part of the game. I don't know how to explain it. Some rappers never made it. Pursued other forms of entertainment in the building, grabbed the mic, and I'm still nice. I survived pain and betrayal. It's real life. It wouldn't change a thing. I just got to rebuild twice. Let me just address the situation I must do. You and I know that the props is just you. I always wonder why human beings are hateful, acting all greedy when they know the plate's full. Mama told oh. me to take a trip. Oh, keep going. Oh, I'm sorry, man. Oh, man. Nice. Mama told me to take a trip to the corn store. I came back with the 40, maybe 40 more stories in the head. Nowadays, I'm all scatterbrained. The main goal is to make sure real rap remains. They caught a little fame nowadays to act strange. I used to act the same, man. I was acting lame. But life rearranged, and the seasons changed, and the facial perish, but then the real remains. I got this shit get up in my heart. That's the real skill. I got to grind it out. I don't want no ill will upon anybody. Don't under hustle like me. There's a huge price to pay. I don't hustle for free. We got to reap what we sow when it's time for us to harvest. Gotta grind it out. Who could push the farthest? Who could think the smartest? Treat it like a chess piece. You could charge it to the game like chat, please. Never been to Bally's and I never rode jet skis. Gotta hustle with yak and gotta get cheese. I keep mine for the love for the art form. I took a break, but I'll rest back the platform. Nice, man. Uh, wow. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Marlon D, man. Yeah, wow. Nice, nice. nice. Uh, that was that uh that was 100 percent freestyle, right? That's some songs off the album, you know. Yeah, I just wanted to I promote know. it, you know. <laughs> nice, man. That's uh, very impressive, brother. I see why you, I mean, that's 50. She, but I can bust a freestyle live on Zoom. What up to double A? Every time I Zoom on the interview, every time I ridicule, it's like that. MC Marlon D gets lyrical. Yo, check it like a submarine vessel. We fucked up last night. We had to reschedule. Yo, it's all good. We couldn't connect. It's all good, though. Double A. Much love and respect from OX all the way to SD to LA. I freestyle all the time, all day in the hallway, because I be rapping always. Matter of fact, there were four ways. <laughs> yo, yo, Marlon D. What's No, I'm just kidding. Right ah <laughs> uh, man no that's awesome bro thank you thank you for for giving us some of the some of the skills man i appreciate that bro um hey, i want to kind of talk about your podcast a little bit man let's shift gears yeah. a little bit now uh you got into the podcast game when my first episode came out in october i am now on season two but all in all from season one to season two i've got about 27 episodes out you, you said october yeah I've got about oh, wow. 27 episodes out, you know. Um, I'm really thankful for everyone that's granted me the interview. And I got a chance to practice my journalism skills and really bring, bring people's stories out. I feel like some people's stories deserve to be heard, man. Oh, no doubt. I think everybody has a story to tell, Marlon. You know, oh, like, yeah, bro. Everyone has a story to tell. And well, You know so I got to get you on. You know I got to get you on, right? Let me know, man. Uh, just say the word, brother, and I'm there, right. man. Let's do it. I'm gonna, when we get off, I'm gonna, let's 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 talk about it, all right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, of course, man. No, it's a. I'm. I'll be there, man. Um. So what? 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 You mentioned it earlier, but uh, what inspired you to start the podcast, man? So I think like just the pandemic. It was too much time in my hands, and I felt like I gotta use something. I gotta do something productive, man. Like. I needed to do something productive besides making music. The album was already done. There's no shows. I shot the video. I felt like in order for me, because besides me starting a podcast, I was fortunate enough to get on other people's podcasts as an artist when they interviewed me for the album. So I was doing a lot of that too. So 
I just think that the Filipino American experience, like the Filipino American perspective, Filipino artists, Filipino business owners, Filipino rappers, I just think like there's not a lot of us, dog. And, um, <laughs> and um, I can I can count on one hand how many Filipinos out here are doing hip hop, but that but the podcast is not just about hip hop, and it ain't just about Filipinos. It's 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 about all of us, man, and like. I hate to say it's a hip hop podcast because it's not. It's <laughs> it's 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 everything, son. And it just happens that it's a rapper hosting it. So of course we're gonna add some flavor to this, you know. But right. But I'm inspired by people. I'm inspired by people's stories, and I'm inspired by consistency. One thing in common that my guests have: they're consistent in something. You know, they they. They stayed doing something and didn't stop. That's one thing that they all have in common. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, your uh, our podcasts are very similar in, in concept and, and theme. You know, we want to bring on individuals who are inspirational, who are motivational, who who are gonna you know influence the audience and into maybe you know doing something that they've never done. For example, you know, like yourself, man. Maybe there's a young you know, teenager who's always wanted to become a rapper uh, and he doesn't know, he or she don't know how to kind of take take the initiative, you know, or, you know, so that's just an example. But yeah, man, that's great that you're doing that, man. What what are, what is What are some things that you really enjoy about the podcast, man? You know, I'm really interested about healing. I'm really interested in like healing trauma and going through generational curses and breaking generational trauma and what people got to do to overcome trauma. And I feel like a lot of us never did that. And a lot of us try to numb the pain with drugs, alcohol, sex, money, yeah. fame. But I feel like a lot of us adults, we're still little kids in adults' bodies. And a lot of us never got a chance to really deal with our trauma. And that's why we're fucked up the way we are. And and don't take it from me, motherfuckers. I'm fucked up. Look me. I'm <laughs> I'm I'm interested in trauma because I'm traumatized, bro. You know, like so I I'm I feel like I'm representing all my peoples to talk about shit that they don't want to talk about, but it's there, you know what I'm saying? And like I'm not the first hip hop artist advocating for mental health, but all I know is that it's becoming more accepted in hip hop to talk about this. And I'm not trying to ride no wave. I'm just saying like bro we we we're all struggling with something you know what i'm saying so i feel like doing the podcast has been therapeutic for me and also therapeutic for the guests you know what i'm saying that is such a great point marlon such a great you know point man you know cuz you know yeah I, i'm in that i'm far from perfect man i'm i'm uh i'm pretty fucked up too right i'm, I'm traumatized and and we're this all fucked up all yeah yeah we're only human beings man and you know, this podcast has served as a, ther a source of a form of therapy for myself too, man. Especially last year when I mean, I've been podcasting now for two years, right? And then 2020 nice. hit. Yeah. But point being is, thank you, bro. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's been great, man. Great journey thus far. And uh, so the point being is that I, 2020 with the COVID hit, you know, the quarantine and, you know, I was like, wow, what, what? The a lot of, I, I didn't know what to, to do with myself man and I, so i you know i kicked into high gear on the podcast you know i kicked it into high gear 
And, um, you know, just started doing the episodes every week, once a week, just dropping episodes. But it was great to, it was my social outlet, man. It was my, my source of, uh, of therapy, if you will, you know, it was, it was, uh, I had, I was having fun, man. And, uh, I met so many wonderful people, you know, last year and, uh, but yeah, podcast, yeah, I, I, I totally concur, man. I'm right there with you on that, you know, but, uh, what, what inspired you? What made you start one? Well, you know, my, my, my story, you know, long story short, you know, I, I've always loved to perform. I've always loved to be in front of the camera. I've always, I've done some acting too, which we'll, you know, we'll talk about in a little bit. I've done, you know, I've always loved acting. I've always loved the, you know, the behind the scenes on how pr- things get produced, you know, whether it's a movie, whether it's a, a, a music video, whether it's a television show, I was always fascinated with that, you know, growing up, going, you know, growing up here in Southern California, going to Universal Studios, uh, was always a, a fascinating thing for me, man. Disneyland, you know, and just, you know, the whole the whole arts uh, scene, man, the world of entertainment. You know, I've always wanted to be in that world. Um, so that's why I got into acting. And, um, you know, long story short, uh, got, didn't, didn't pursue it. Uh, and maybe about two years ago when I got into back, 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 back into podcasting, or not back into podcast when I got into podcasting, I should say, um, I, at that, that, that time, that point in time, I was like, well, I need to pursue what I want to pursue, right? Because I'm not getting any younger and something inside of me wanted to just give it another shot, you know, give it another shot. And, and I went, what's the easiest way what's the most accessible way to kind of get back into that world? Uh, for me, it was podcasting, you know, cause I literally did the podcast on my phone, you know, through anchor. Me too. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. And it, if it was free. And so I said, you know what, this is what I'm going to do. I, so I, I started a podcast with called nineties galore. Nice. Which we, yeah. Yeah. So it was just focusing on, um, you know, the episodes are still up on, on uh, Apple podcasts and all that. And, uh, on the platforms. And, Good and job, yeah, just, just, yeah, thanks man. Well, we just focused on nineties, uh, bands, musicians, movies, everything nineties, man. So that, that's how I got into it, man. And it's been fun, man. J- January of 2000, 19 was my first podcast so like i said man just a little over two years now and uh but here we are man and uh having a great conversation with marlon d out of oxnard california man and speaking of oxnard marlon um yeah you, I, I you know I, i'm in the 805 i live in the 805 now i i grew up in uh, the ie you know the nice. 909 um uh, so you know now I've, I've lived in the 805 now for six years yeah you know um, talk to us a little bit about Oxnard, man. How, how was it like? How was it growing up there, man? For you, what was the uh, experience? Of, did, was it hard for you? And you know, I, I know there's a um, there's a, a little a, there's a small pocket of Filipinos over there, man. And I, I work in Oxnard too myself. Now, what a coincidence! You do? Yeah, yeah. And um, I work there, and you know, I, I have some Filipino friends out there, man. And but that was your us, name. What's your name? What's your, who's your Filipino friends out there? Oh, I man. We'll, <laughs> no, fine. We'll, fine. We'll talk about it. Yeah, we'll, okay. we'll talk about it off the air, man. Uh, you okay, know. so. But tell us about your story, man. I mean, what was it like? Because there's a large Latin, large, uh, predominant Latino population there, man. So yeah. what, was it, what was it like for you? So I came in the, I came in the U.S. 1995 from the Philippines straight to the Ox. So I felt like. Looking back in the mid nineties, late nineties, even early two thousands, bro, like I grew up with Hispanics in Mexico. I grew up with Hispanics and Filipinos. 
And um, the gang culture was definitely popping in Oxnard, you know? Uh, the gang culture was pretty... And I'm not saying that I was a part of the gang culture, but people from the hood that I grew up with was, is, you know, back then, you know what I'm saying? Hold on, hold on. Let me take my cough drop. So, like, the gang culture was prevalent, but I think in the small city where there was a lot of Hispanics and Filipinos and back in the days, I felt like maybe... People got into hip hop. There's a lot of talent coming from Oxnard, okay? Like, yes. Shouts to Stone Throw Records, you know, everything that they did and everything that the generation after them did, like, which was us. Like, there's the Stone Throw generation and then the younger ones, who was me and my, you know, it was a lot of us. I, I can't name everyone. There's a lot of us from Oxnard. <laughs> so, from that generation, to probably the most known Oxnard artist, Anderson Pack. So um, a lot of talent came from the city, and I think it's because it can be it can be a boring city, but you gotta make the most of it. Like it wasn't boring for me. It wasn't boring for me. My homies growing up, we had fun, you know what I'm saying? But in a small city, I can see how people would be bored. I can see how it's not L.A. It ain't L.A. It's not San Diego. It's Oxnard. It's, it's a whole different thing. And um, small, tight-knit community, but I, there's there's a lot of beauty in that. But there's a lot of... There's pros and cons, bro, in everything. <laughs> there's pros and cons in everything. So no doubt. it's a tight-knit community, and that it has its pros and cons, bro. Yeah, yeah, no no doubt, man. What... what um. Which area did you grow up in, man? Which section of Oxnard? Not too far from Channel Islands High School, south. You know what I'm saying? South Oxnard. Um, my family's still out there, you know. So. Okay. Yeah, dude. Often you come up, come back up. Um, I haven't been coming home as much lately, but I used I used to go a lot, man. Like. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. A lot, like. Did you go to CI? You know, I did. I did. Oh, okay. Who you, da, yeah, yeah. who you know? Who you know from CI? I, I we'll talk off the air, man. We'll talk All right, we'll talk off the air. We'll talk. Yeah. You're, you're that. Hey, that makes you a real. That's when you know someone's a real G. Hey, dog. We'll talk off the air. All right, <laughs> I got you. <laughs> I, I feel yeah. you. I feel you. You know, no, I, I love Oxnard, man. It's a great, uh, lots of great food out there, man. You got the, you got Wainimi, you got the beaches are right there, man. It's a, it's a cool, t it's an interesting town, man. I had never really been to Oxnard before I started working there, you know, six years ago. And, uh, you know, I've since made a lot of friends, a uh, lot of, um, you know, built up a little network out there. And it's for you. Uh, but yeah, it, it's a cool, yeah, there's, you know, my, Phil I got my Filipino homies out there, my Filipino friends and, uh, you know, I was in the Navy, Marlon, so... Oh, okay. You know, yeah, and then even in the Navy, man, I had my Filipino friends, and, and um, I know the culture really well, man. I know the Filipino ah. culture really well. I, my, my brother married a Filipina, and, uh, you know, I love her family, and I got a really good friend who's Filipino, so... Um, you know what's up, dog? Yeah, yeah, oh, man, it's a lo I love the, the culture, man. Beautiful culture. And, and I, I love I was, the Hispanic culture, too, you know? Like, growing up in the Ox, Hispanics influence Filipinos. Filipinos influence Hispanics. We no grew doubt. up together. We grew up next to each other, man. Yeah. So, I, so every time my Hispanic brothers get ostracized or my, my Hispanic brothers get 
You know, they get treated bad, they get treated bad by this fucking president. Every time that Hispanics was like outcasted by the stupid, pre- you know, like I felt like every time that was happening, I felt like Filipinos were not too far off. Like maybe he'll start dissing us next. Like I felt like, you know, I, I got my Hispanic brothers back, man. Fuck that. We're, we're all minorities, bro. We're the same. We're the oh, same in so many ways, fam. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We're cultures the have people. a lot of parallels, yeah. Yeah, we're the same people, man. Fuck <laughs> that. Love the love to eat, love the party, you know. Love to drink. Love to have fun, yeah. Love yeah. to talk shit. Dance and you know, we don't love karaoke as much as you guys, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But you know, it's uh it's a yeah, it's a beautiful thing, man. It's a beautiful thing, you know. Um so and going back to your podcast, Marlon, I really enjoyed um, Charles Charles uh, Charles Collier. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you you, you got that one. That episode, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah Emmy, check it out. He was Emmy a nominated. Dancer. What's that? He started out as a break dancer. Yeah, exactly. B Boy turned Emmy nominated visual effects artist, right? Mm-hmm. Shout out to Charles, man. Great, yeah, great episode, man. Great episode, yeah. And thank uh, you. Absolutely. No, 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 man. And what's well, so how often do you record a, an episode, man, on, on your podcast? I'm gonna be honest with you, dog. I got the next 25 episodes already recorded and edited. I've just been I've just been putting it out two or three times a week. So I'm pretty much ahead of schedule. I got like 25 ready, good to go. And I'm still recording, but you know, I'm still recording, but I got 25 ready to go. Like so that's probably going to make up season two. And then whatever I'm recording now is actually going to be season three, you know? So just a little bit ahead of time, you know? But I like it that way. So we're not procrastinating, you know? No doubt, no doubt. And and so you, you pretty much batched up your episodes, right? You- yeah, just been recording on the phone. Sometimes I drive there in person. Like, you know, sometimes I drive there in person because certain episodes, like, how do I say this? The elders, like the elders, you know, like I don't, sometimes it's just easy to be in person, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt, man. Oh. So what, uh, so how long did it take you to, to record those 25 episodes that you, that you've already done? So everything that's coming out in season two, everything that's coming out in season two was already recorded back in like November. <laughs> October, really? November, everything coming out now was back then. And wow, that's right, man. You you started in October, so you got twenty five episodes in, in three months, pretty much. I mean, it, I got about twenty seven episodes in three months, and twenty five more, and twenty five more in release. I've just I just booked a lot of interviews. You know, people people were more than willing to like give me their story and. I want to say thank you to every single guest that's donated their time, their stories, and being vulnerable. What I love about the episodes is that they got vulnerable and they got real and they opened up. And I was really humbled because, dog, that's not easy. It's not easy telling your story out there for everybody else to hear and see. So, like, I want to thank you to every single guest that helped build season one and every single guest that's building season two and we are it's 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 a team effort you know like 
and I'm sure, bro, that you're grateful for every time you get a guest to come on too, you know? Oh man, are you kidding me? Marlon, I I, I am know? super Yeah, you can't you can't describe that in words. Because they're they are the 50% of the show. The other 50% is you. No doubt, you know? man. And I'm sure it's a hundred percent you, but it wouldn't be a show without the guests, you know? Um, but me being on the other side, me starting a podcast. I know how it is to be on the other side of the fence, being the interview, the, being the interview work, you know? And I get in there, dog. I try to ask for people's childhood and dynamics, family dynamics. I, I take it back to day one. I take it back to day one. Where you from? What's your family like? How was that like? <laughs> like, um. Bless you. Thank you. Like, I take it back to family dynamics because. Yeah. I think it dictates who you become too, bro. That's a great point. That's a great point. I like that, man. I like that. That's uh, you go back to the formative years. Mm -hmm. Always, oh. all of them, all the guests. I take it back to that. You know? Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, I like that. I like that, man. That's a, no, that's a critical part of in someone's life. And I'm surprised, man. Everybody was willing to share. Nobody was no. Nobody was saying off limits. Everybody was willing to share, bro. Even the not so not so pretty parts, you know, of their of their childhood, you know, and that I was touched. I was really touched, man. <clears throat> it means a lot to me. Yeah, yeah, that that's great, man. I, I like that, Marlon. I like that. I, that's uh, like I said, man. That uh, your your family years, your formative years, your your youth, play such a, a crucial role in the person you become. Right, the adult it's, that you become now. It's the most important like time, I think. The formative oh. years, bro. And exactly, man. Mental health, you know, just tracing back our roots, you know, like, like starting to connect the dots from the past and the present. It's a it's a game changer, you know. You know what I'm saying? It's a really? game changer when you start connecting the past to your present. You you know, and that's when that's when healing starts, man. When you start accepting that, you know, like a lot of self reflection and all that stuff, and because we don't want to pass it on to our children, you know, like just because you're hurt and you're in pain, don't fucking pass that on to your kids and and take it out on them, dog. You know, it's not their fault. It's not their fault you're fucked up still. You know, like you got to work on that. I got to work on that. You know, like yeah, yeah. Exactly. I don't want to be. I don't want to be a bad father. I want to be a good dad, you know? No, it's a great point, Great point, man. Because, yeah, with, as a father myself, uh, there's things that I, I want to impart to my children and, uh, and avoid things that, I, you know, certain things that, that were, you know, we we're all trying to improve our, upon ourselves, right? You know, there's, there's things. My, my, my parents love me dearly. I know that. And they, they weren't perfect. I'm not perfect as a, you know, as a parent, as a father. Uh, but we just do our best, man. That's what we can do. We do our best, and uh, that's all we can do. Uh, but but yeah, I, but I, I like that, man. I can't wait to listen to more of your podcast, man, and, and really get um, in tune with a lot of those episodes, man, that you're doing, uh, that you've done. And and so so you already have a total of fifty episodes. You got you said you haven't released twenty five or no? Yeah. Is that what you? Is that what it comes down to? So I got about 27 episodes out on Spotify and all streaming services now. 
But like after that, the next 25 episodes for season two, it's not released yet, but it's already recorded and edited, you know? Like I've just been kind of pacing it up, just p- putting out two episodes a week, maybe three episodes, two episodes a week sometimes. Wow. Um, I got a, I got someone designing the graphic design for me. So as soon as he's done with the flyer, mm-hmm. we just put it out. And um, the way I see it is that I'm just trying to put out content, but... I'm not in the rut. It's not a race for me. It's just, I'm just a workaholic dog, but I'm not trying to race with nobody. I'm, 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 I'm just worried about me. I'm not yeah. worried about nobody else, dog. I'm just worried about me and what I'm doing and just trying to be a better person, bro. I'm trying to be, I'm just trying to get better, man. I'm not perfect either. Of course, of course, man. You know, there's a... You can't, yeah, you can't worry about things you have no control over, right? No, we got enough to worry about throughout the day, bro. Exactly, exactly, man. I want to kind of get into your acting stuff, Marlon. Uh, what what of, uh, you mentioned it earlier, and yeah. how, how's that coming along, man? Are, are you still actively pursuing the the art, or what, what, where are you at in the process with, with acting? So I was doing theater straight from 2018 to 2019. Um But before that, even in high school, I was doing theater. Even in college, I did theater. Um, But so as far as theater is concerned, I was doing theater in community actors theater in San Diego. And I did about maybe nine, ten, maybe eight, nine different plays within the past year and a half. And out of those nine plays, maybe I landed like four or five lead roles, you know. And um, when we were about to do my 10th play, the pandemic started and the whole thing got canceled. So we're still hoping that someday it'll open back up again and we're going to resume the play that I was on. Now, as far as film, I got a film out on Amazon Prime called The Year I Did Nothing, directed by Anna Barreto. And the movie really got out there as far as like indie film festivals all across the U.S. It got out there in the Philippines, Guam, uh, Philippine CNN, PBS Guam played it. And we had premieres all over the East Coast, New York, Seattle, um, uh, you know, North Carolina. And as far as pursuing it in 2021, I'm going to be honest, I haven't been auditioning for theater because there ain't none. Um, As far as film, to be honest with you, I'm not pursuing auditioning on film. But me and the homies have been more busy writing screenplays. Is that right? Yeah, the homies are just trying to write screenplays. More, we're writing screenplays right now, trying to finish something. And and yeah, we're. I mean, I still want to act. I still want to act. But I think my friends are getting into writing. That's inspiring me to act in it. You know, like wow. so. That's what we're trying to do right now. You know. So more on the screenplay writing tip. Wow, that's great, man. That's great. Yeah, acting is so fun, man. I I, I want to get back into acting. I would love to you get back to. into acting, man. You, you know, got some, to. At some point, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, and that's what I'm hoping, man. Just to parlay this into bigger things, you know, and, and be able to kind of branch out. And uh, yeah. but but good for you, man. That's great. That's great. Uh, you, what was the name of that film that was on Amazon? The year Which, I did nothing. Yeah, The Year I Did Nothing, directed by Anna Barreto, now available on Amazon Prime. 
And the DVDs can be ordered on Amazon.com. And it's also on Vimeo.com. Um, it's a story about the, a Filipino family in the Philippines that's coming to America. And it shows the process on how people from the Philippines gets legalized to come to the U.S. and how they get how they file for petition and how can they get to the country, especially back in the 70s and the 80s. So the story was set in the 80s. And I had about maybe five or seven, five to seven lines in Tagalog. It wasn't even like the Philippines. It, it wasn't even <laughs> the English language. My lines was in Tagalog, you know? So Very cool, man. I, I got a chance to, um, to speak my native language. And uh, it was a good experience, man. But I really love theater. And people ask me all the time, what is it about theater that you love? And I said, it's similar to rapping. Like acting live is no different from rapping live. And I feel like I think I'm comfortable. And by the way, dude, I know you see me kind of outgoing right now. I'm really a shy, introverted person. And people don't believe me. People say, the fuck do you mean you're shy? You're a rap, you're a rapper and you act, but no, dog, I'm shy. But for some reason, I think performing on stage even if it's acting, there's something comfortable in it for me. Like, mm. it's what I've been doing all my life since I was, I've been rapping on stage since I was 15, man. And like, rapping for so many years, I know this sounds like a cliche, but rapping for so many years prepared me to act. Because I think to be a rapper, it requires a certain amount of acting. It requires a certain amount of, you have to act on stage when you're rapping, dog. Like, yeah. You're telling, you know? you're, you're storytelling, right? Yeah. And I think acting live, it's therapeutic, it's fun. You know how it is. Yeah. No, it's, wow. It's fun. Uh, it's fun. It's, it's challenging. It's outside my comfort zone, but I really enjoyed it, dog. And I'm just waiting for this COVID shit to end. I swear to God, we're going to get back into it, fam. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah! I can't wait, man. I can't. I wait. can't wait. I can't wait, bro. Mm, no doubt, man. No, that's great, man. That's great, Marlon. I, you know, um, before before we we, we start winding th things down here because we're coming up on time, I, I want to ask you, man. Before um, I forget, I don't want to forget. There's some questions I have for you, man. So, if, if going back to being a hip hop artist, an MC. If, what would you tell, what advice would you give to a young, aspiring hip-hop artist, MC, that wants to get into the game? What would you tell that person? Study the history, respect the culture, respect the past, respect the present, uh, always be a fan, be a dedicated fan, because if you don't love this music, you're not going to last becoming an artist. Fall in love with the music, Stay in love making music, and that should be your number one goal. The business, that's going to come, but don't be in a rush to get in the music business. Oh, trust me, it's going to come. The music business will come to you, okay? Don't come to it. Develop your own hype, develop your own buzz, get hot, stay hot. That shit will come to you. So, wow. um, I've heard that before, man. You know what so I'm saying? The business will come to you. It's gonna come to you. Don't be in a rush. Um, if you're in this to make money, like a quick money scheme, um, you're not gonna last. 
<laughs> you may get the money. You may actually get the quick money scheme too, but you're not going to last as an artist. You're going to get the money though, but to be a lasting artist that's going to keep making albums, you're not. So um, I want you to think, Are you? why are you getting in this? Just ask yourself that first, but uh, stick to your guns and do do what feels right and do what makes you happy you know what i'm saying if chasing yeah. money makes you happy then do that but if if making music makes you happy just because it makes you happy then do that you know no doubt man no doubt there you go man there you go it's and and, and kind of um leading into my next question can you kind of talk about some of those challenges and, and failures that you've experienced in in your uh, you know, in your life as an artist, as an MC, people are gonna try to fuck you over. People are gonna try to underpay you, undercut you. People are gonna try to disrespect. People will try to um, extort you. Um, people will try to screw you. And anything shady you can think of, you're gonna experience it in the music business. All right. So prepare. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. You can't. You can't dodge it. You can't avoid it. I'm 36. Been there, done that. I, I I paid my dues in my 20s, not just not just making music, but I've had my share of being fucked over. That's what makes me an OG and a vet, not because of my age, but because of my experience. Now, any 22-year-old out there listening, 21, 22-year-old listening to me like I'm an old uncle, like you're probably thinking, what the fuck does he know? He's an old guy. I know. I know you're looking at me like, what the fuck do I know? Because I'm an old guy. <laughs> But that's the thing. I am an old guy. That's why I do know. So like, exactly. I was I was 21, 22, cocky, stubborn once. You're gonna they're, they're gonna go through their phase, the boy. They're all gonna be cocky. They're 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 in their 20s, of course. Right. They're they're gonna be stubborn. They haven't been humbled yet. But it's another thing to pursue this in your 30s. Mm. Yeah. It's one. It's one thing to pursue it in your 20s. That's cool. That's cute. That's cute. It's kind of cute. But it's one thing to pursue it in your 30s, dog. Wow, yeah. You're, you're seasoned. You're experienced. You're, um, yeah, that's a lot of experience you've got, man. It's two different things. You know, we, we, you know, grown. We're a little grown. And yeah. We, we've already been fucked over. So we already know. We, so now that we do know, what do you do now? Now that you do know, you know? Yeah. yeah That's the game that we're on right now. Now I know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> what, what are some of the, the, the misconceptions about, you know, the MCs that you'd like to kind of debunk right now? Yeah. You want to kind of clarify that is that aren't true? Uh, rappers? Yes. What is it about rappers that are true or that are not true? Yeah, like what? What are some misconceptions? Um, some some myths about rappers. I, I think people think all we rap about is drugs, violence, and sex, which is not true. Um, Ninety percent of us do rap about that, but the <laughs> other ten, but the other ten percent doesn't. So um, that's one. And number two, um, they think that the music business is easy. It's not, and. This is not for the weak, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're going to face a lot of rejection. You're going to face a lot of disappointment. 
you're gonna face a lot of you're gonna face a lot and um the only thing that's gonna keep you in this is your love for the music and that's it mm. bottom line huh? it's that's it, it if you, you know, don't love making music you're not gonna last like you have to love making music have no doubt to. no doubt man what um what, what do you love about being in the studio man create just to um, experiment just to um, be just to release just to express um just to um to see the song from beginning to end yeah. come into fruition from writing it to performing it oh from writing it to recording it to performing it it's all three different things you know to be a well-rounded artist it's one thing to write the rhyme and it's one thing to record it and execute it and recording it. And it's a whole other thing to perform that. So to all the MCs coming up out there, guess what? You got to work on all three. You got to work in your songwriting skills. You yeah. got to work in your recording skills. And you got to work in your stage show. It's, it's, and that's, that's the work. That's the work. You got to do the work. You got to do it. Don't Can't expect the process. To, you cannot it's, it's gonna show yeah yeah we talked about about it earlier man you know uh yeah that's uh it's a it's a grind man i, I give a hip you know hip-hop artist a lot of credit man a lot of respect because like you said it's not easy man it's not easy and you got to be you know as you just spoke to yeah you got to be performer you got to be a businessman you got to be there's all these different components all these different elements that go into it that too, you gotta be a businessman, right? You know, which has which has nothing to do with writing rhymes, exactly. but infor unfortunately, it's a part of it, you know. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. Marlon, um, who it, it, who would you have dinner with, man? Who are three people you would love to have dinner with, either dead <laughs> or alive? Uh, it could be anybody, bro. Anybody. Who, who would you love to? Three people. If you can narrow it down to three. Of course, Tupac. To keep one thing dead, one dead Tupac. One that's alive, it's a tie between Nas or Eminem, you know? Mm. I want to pick their brain. I want to pick their brain and how lyrical they got. Um, the third one, um, I'm going to be honest. Uh, I, oh, on the acting tip, I would like to chop it up with Al Pacino, man. You know? That's a great list, man. I've just just, just to learn from the icon, just to learn from the greats, you know? Like, I'm studying the greats all the time. They're still the greatest, bro. Like, they're still the greatest. Like, like true legendary MCs never fall off, man. So, oh, man, I love Nas, man. That His first album alone is just incredible. Illmatic. Dog. <laughs> It's you just gotta, classic, have you heard, classic. Have you heard the last one? Have you heard his last album, King's Disease? No, I haven't. Bro, when you hang up on me, you got to pick Pete that. When did he release that one? Uh, Maybe a couple months ago. Oh, is that new? Okay. Just this year, 2020 it came out? Yes, yeah, it's called King's Disease. Yeah, yo, when oh, you hear that, when you hear that shit, he still sounds dope. He still sounds young. He sounds like he took care of his voice. He sounds like he took care of his voice. He still sounds, still sounds the same from Illmatic. Like Nas' wow. voice don't change, bro. Like it's incredible, bro. 
like his style, the wittiness, the, the lyricism, it's still there. He's still sharp more than ever. And and we gotta admit, he's getting older too, man. If mm -hmm. if if we're getting older, dog, he's getting older, but he sounds dope more than ever. And he sounds better than Jay, like his last album sounds better than not the sounds better than Jay-Z and Eminem's last album, I think. Incredible, man. So, yeah. yeah. What's your favorite Al Pacino movie? Man. It's a I tie love that guy. It's a tie between Carlitos Way. It's a tie between Carlitos Way and Ascent of a Woman. Oh, my God. Ascent of a Woman, to me, <sighs> is like... That motherfucker's crazy, dog. But unreal, bro. But Carlitos Way is top, probably top three in mafia movies. Like, I would say Godfather Two is number one. Number two would be Goodfellas, and number three is Carlitos Way. Carlitos Way, wow. That yeah. shit gets to you, like fuck. Yeah, yeah. I remember watching that as a. In 1993, uh, as a 17-year-old kid, man, and uh, gosh, just being just blown away, man. You know, it explores how us men we can be stubborn. Mm, yeah, yes. and we didn't. We don't listen to our gut, and look what happens. Like mm. sometimes men are stubborn. Like we're yeah. stubborn, and Carlitos way shows that and how stubborn we can be, and it's it's the cause of your downfall. You didn't want to listen to your lady. Your lady told you to stop fucking with him. You didn't. You didn't listen. Mm. You know. You just. You, your stubborn ass did what you want to do. Look what happened. Yeah, I know, man. There's so many themes, uh, you know, prevalent in that movie, and we could talk about, it, man. But yeah, he's my what, probably my my. I would say my favorite actor, man. And so I love Son of a Woman. I was just talking about that uh, yesterday on an interview I did on a podcast. Uh, so, but yeah, man. Hey, Marlon, man. I, I want to thank you so much for for joining us here on Profile Pot TV on the Social Nostra Network, man. Where, before we go, man, where, where can the good people follow you on on your social media? Where can they connect with you? Yo, on Instagram, follow me at Andy Lens. That's at Andy L E N S. And for Facebook, you can add me on Marlon D Facebook page, and I also have a personal one. Marlon Dido, and then for Twitter at MC Marlon D, and for my catalog of mixtapes and albums from 2005 to 2021, it's MCMarlonD.bandcamp.com. My album Act Two and my whole catalog since 2005 is now available on all digital stores: Apple Music, iTunes, Spotify, and my podcast is also on Spotify, MD Podcast, and my movie The Year I Did Nothing is on Amazon Prime. And thank you, man, so much for having me. You're, you're, you're the shit. Oh, man. We're going okay. to keep building, God. I got to get you on the show. You let me know, brother. You let me know. Um, thank you for taking the time, man, for being here with us, man. And ladies and gentlemen, there you have Marlon D. As he just mentioned, there's many places to find him at because he's so busy, so artistic. And he's, I mean, there's, he's all over the place. So check him out. Check out his album. Check out his movie. Check out his podcast, you know. Uh, but yeah, once again, thank you, Marlon, for being here with us, man. Um, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. Marlon D, 
Um, don't forget to subscribe to Profile Pod TV on Profile YouTube. Pod TV. That's right. On, on YouTube. Uh, uh, check out Social Nostra. Subscribe to Social Nostra on YouTube. Follow us on Instagram. Subscribe on um, on Apple Podcasts. We're on, on Pandora. We're on Spotify. All the major platforms. Um, follow me on Instagram at ProfilePodTV underscore Twitter at ProfilePod clubhouse at profile pod tv um so there's yeah i'm you can find me anywhere connect if you would like i said if you want to if you want to be on the show if you're an aspiring guest hit me up in the dms and uh we'll, we'll make something happen we'll make something happen but you got to bring your a game just like my man marlon d just did tonight um so once again man i, I want to thank everyone for being here youtube or if you're listening on the audio i want to thank my man marlon d and um I want to thank the Social Nostra Network as well, man. So we will be back uh, next week, I think. Yeah, next week. Um, I want everybody to have a great weekend. And uh, we'll see you on Instagram. We'll see you out there. And uh, for Marlon D, I'm Double A signing off this time. And always remember to take it easy. Much love. Thank you, Marlon. Thank you. Peace, peace.